For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's time for the Say Hey Podcast, your San Francisco Giants podcast for the real ones. Available wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Say Hey Podcast and like our page on Facebook. It is episode 63 of the Say Hey Podcast. This is Doug Hayes, a.k.a. Say Hey Doug. It is January 22nd, 2022. Say Hey Rob. What's up, brother? It's been a month, man. What's up, man? Good to see your uh, beautiful face here again. Beautiful. And it's been a long time. Uh, New year, yeah, for sure. No new baseball to speak of. Boo. Yeah, boo to that we're still trying to figure out what the hell's going on there hopefully we'll have some answers here later next week hopefully i know they're supposed to meet what day is it next week is it is it wednesday is it thursday next week they're supposed to get together and dude i don't even know i think the players are supposed to present a counter offer to what the owners are yeah throwing out there so yeah it's been it's been a little rough not been able to talk any any baseball now for a, a while you know we've had some had some good some good football going on. You, know, you got got your Niners playing today for the Packers. You know, hopefully they can uh, make good on my uh, preseason prediction, getting to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, you know it, it's it's pretty cool, man. You know, I I still have well, I can't do I can't get Bills Chiefs in the AFC since they're playing each other. So I can't I can't have that matchup. I can still get the Bucks and the Niners since they beat my sorry ass Cowboys last week. So you know, I'm I'm hoping I can at least be proven right during these uh, dark times for me. Yeah. Two things. One, um, it does. It sucks that we're kind of just in this like um, purgatory of baseball because yeah, you know, there's like international signings, there's minor league signings going on and that's great. But you know, like, you know, we have, uh, you know, like Roger Munter, there are giants and, and the giant perspective, uh, you know, like prospects podcasts, like, and I want to give the like that's your guys' time to shine. Like, so if you're interested in minor league stuff, like we do minor league stuff here, but um and they're all awesome. that yeah, and they're way better than us at that stuff. But that off-season kind of small minor league signing stuff is not really our podcast forte. So we're kind of just stuck in a hole here about what to talk about. And we'll get to that in a minute, what we're gonna discuss today. But um, yeah, I think I had I had the same final four um for football too in the nfc and afc title games i had bucks and niners which could very much happen and then um i had bills and chiefs as well but they're playing yeah they're playing tomorrow so so uh that's enough but yeah i did i had i had bucks and bills in the super bowl i'd be more than happy to be wrong if if my niners can find a way to get back to the super bowl so um that'd be a good one hoping that can happen so uh 
Yeah, but today we're going to do a little something different. You know, so last year in the offseason, we did our top 10 Giants since 2000, which that was actually a really fun episode. Yeah, that was um, one of the better ones, I, I think. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So today we thought, you know, let's kind of go back since, you know, we're in a baseball lull here. We'll do uh, um, we'll do a, some sort of list, and uh, I gotta give credit to Rob, and I love this idea. This is all Rob's idea. He he wanted to come up with uh, top ten Giants killers, and are, are we gonna go to two thousand or nineteen ninety five? What do we decide on? Um, you, you know, I think we decided on two thousand being the uh, criteria okay. here. Although we do have one player in there that who does kind of overlap, so That's you know, fine. it's not perfect. We're not perfect, but. Hell, you know, this is all we got right now. So, so yeah, we're going to go top 10. So like this obviously is not going to be like a giant positive episode, but we thought, you know, we're not always positive here. We tell it like it is. We wanted to discuss the guys over the years, especially kind of like through our childhood into our adulthood, because, you Mm -hmm. know, Rob and I are in our early 30s. So we've got to see these guys do a lot of damage uh, to the Giants through the years. So we made a top 10 list. We do have a couple honorable mention that we'll, we'll touch on at first and then um, we'll get into our list. So, uh, you know, Rob, since this was kind of your baby, uh, I'll, I'll let uh, you take off and start first with, with our honorable mentions. Okay. So honorable mentions first in no particular order. You can just, okay. Yeah. Cause we don't really have any of that. Okay. Yeah. My, I think my first honorable mention number one would have to be Brandon Webb. And we all remember Brandon Webb. He was kicking ass right after Kurt Schilling and Brady Johnson stepped away. And after the Dimebacks kind of made their run, he was kind of that, he was that, that next step up, you know, in the, in the pitching rotation for them. He was their, their, their new dude. And coincidentally, he came on the scene the same time Tim Linscombe did for the Giants. And if you remember Back then, the Giants were really fucking bad. They sucked. This is like <laughs> this is like two, 2006, 2007, 2008 Giants right here. And Brandon Webb basically shoved it to him every single outing. And again, I, I got to preface this. The reason he didn't make the top 10 list was because the Giants were not good during during his prime years. So I, I give him passage. Everybody was dunking on the Giants back then. It didn't matter. But he, he, was, he was sharp. You know, he had – see if I could – find it here i think i just lost it i know he was 13 and 5 i guess the Gen- oh rob i think all right our recording had a bit of an issue uh rob brandon webb go yeah 13 and 5 against the giants 3.22 era dunked on some bad giants teams that had randy wind hitting third and things like that and so but yeah, that's why he doesn't make the uh, top ten list. He just did it against bad Giants team. So Brandon Webb, you know, that's a good ass career in a pitcher's ballpark over there. Yeah, and this is a time, like you said, the mid late two thousands, where you know the Giants again they weren't very good. This is the end of the Bonds era, but he won a lot of games. Uh, what do you have? Twenty three starts. You know, you win thirteen games and twenty three starts against a team, you're gonna fare well. And that's along the same timeline as you know Jake Peavy getting going for the Padres. Um, pitch well against the Giants, so uh, good honorable mention there. Um, who who else do we have honorable mention wise, Rob? Um, that one we got is Scott Harrison, and y- you know, I think you and I were a little surprised that he didn't really have outstanding numbers against the Giants. I think he only hit uh, 
I believe it was 250. I'm pulling it back up right now. Yeah, I believe it was 250 against the Giants, but he had like, I think it was t- 10 home runs, I believe it was. No, no, I'm sorry, four, 14 home runs and, thir- and 32 RBIs Yeah, in A7 games. And you got to remember, Scott Harrison didn't really play very much. You know, he was a he was mainly a bench guy. He got to play a little bit more on these bad on these bad Padre teams at the time who kind of got better in the early in the in like 20, 2010, 2009, you know, kind of during that stretch where the Padres had a bit of a a bit of a surge. But but yeah, I mean 248, you know, average average, but all of his home runs, that those 14 home runs he had, it didn't feel like Doug, they were all late inning homers that just stop the giants nuts you know like right where right right where it hurts at the worst times well yeah because when when you think of giant killers you absolutely think of of scott harrison late in game some of them pinch hitting opportunities um i mean the guy slugged 500 against the giants so like That's, whenever yeah. he came to the plate he made it hurt yeah he only hit 248 but you know in 254 plate appearances which is a decent decent portion size against an opponent but if you think about it you know, over an average of a year, if a guy plays 150 plus games and is healthy throughout the year, you're going to get about 600, 650 plate appearances. So if we almost triple this and say like Harris, Harrison plays, let's just double it and say he plays, um, you know, in half the season or a little more than two thirds of the season and has like 500 plate appearances. The guy's hitting for nearly 30 home runs, almost 90 RBIs. Um, it was about situational stuff. And because, you know, he didn't absolutely like blow them away. That's why he's not in our top 10. But um, Scott Harrison was definitely a late inning killer um, against the Giants late in the 2000s. For sure. He was the last guy I wanted to see at the end of the game if they were playing the Padres. Yep. It was him and, you know, you could throw Chris DeNorfia in there too. And dude, <laughs> dudes, dudes like that. I mean, they just, they, they rose up against the Giants. I don't know yeah. why that was, but. Yeah, and usually and usually David Eckstein was on base. So oh God. double double whammy right there. Yep, for sure. Well, we have a couple <laughs> um I think we have a couple arms on here as well. Oh, we do have one more uh honorable mention position player, I believe, uh Steve Finley. Rob, talk about Steve Finley. Yeah, Steve Finley was actually when we start, first started talking about this list and doing this, he was one of the first guys I thought of. You know, he had he had the, the huge home run off of Armando Benitez back in, yep. what was that, 2004? Three or four. Three yeah. or four. Yeah, when he was playing for the Dodgers that that I believe kept the Giants out of the – no, it, it kicked the, the Giants back down to the wild card. Is that, isn't that what it was? Well, 03 was the when they won 100 games, and, and you know they won the West I'm, that year. It's, it's got to be four because they were fighting. They were fighting for the for the division, mm-hmm. I believe. In it was Bonds' like monstrous year. Yes, yes. Yeah. But Steve Finley, he he played for pretty much the entire NLS. N- <laughs> NLS. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, check check this out. I mean, 203 games wow. against the Giants, 27 home runs, 90 RBIs. He hit 311. This is back when batting average was was still cool. Yeah. And yeah, he um an on-base percentage of 373 and a slugging just below Scott Harrison at 477. And and we were talking about, well, damn, what if we tripled or doubled Scott Harrison's games? That's basically what we got here with Steve Finley. You and know, how about how about this though, dude? 80 strikeouts in 846 plate appearances against the Giants. 
The guy was always on base. He's a problem. He was just, he he was just a problem. And yes, he, he did eventually get to play with, play with, with with the giants, uh, you know, in in his later days, but Mm -hmm. no, I mean, God damn. Like I I think they mainly not really the Dodgers, but when he played for the Padres, he was so good when he was, when he was younger, like in like, I was, he was like 1998, 1999. Yeah. He was, he was one of their best players. He hit right behind Tony Gwynn or right in front of Tony Gwynn. And maybe, maybe that's why, you know, his average is so high, you know, you know, he was getting good, good, good pitch to, to hit back then. But I mean, yeah, I, you think a giant killer is I mean, Steve Finley for me. I mean, like I said, he was one of the first ones who popped it into my head. And, you know, if you look at his career numbers and this may sound outlandish, but if this guy retired in the last few years, you could be looking at Steve Finley as seriously, um, a Hall of Fame member. I mean, because he 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 hit 271. He had 304 career home runs, 1167 RBIs, 2,548 hits, and 320 20 stolen bags. Um, I mean, I know kind of back then, like he was just uh, kind of middle of the road, above average player. But if you put those numbers in today's game, Steve Finley is like a real opportunity at the Hall of Fame. Do, mm-hmm. I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think he was just a victim of the the, the time he played. Time. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at me. You had to deal with guys like you know Bonds, you know, you know Gary Gary Sheffield, you know, you know Griffey McGuire. I mean, just Bagwell. you know Larry Walker, Larry Walker, Bagwell, just sure. a lot of star power. Yeah, you know, Mike Piazza, throw him in there. Just yep. there was just a lot of star power. You know, back back then. I mean, let's let's call it what it was. It was during the steroid era. I don't mm-hmm. think Steve Finley took steroids. <laughs> and, no, um, and he produced. Yeah, and, and and he produced. And you know, it's it should be mentioned too. He was a he was a hell of a defender too. You know, if we're yeah, now we're just piling on Steve Finley of how how great he was. But <laughs> but but yeah, you know, just a very overlooked player. You know, you know, back in those days, and yeah, and he let it be known against the Giants every single time. I swear, I swear to it. So we have one arm, uh, one pitcher that was uh, on our honorable mention list, and this is a very big name, and he had a lot of games against the, against the Giants, um, but a lot of them can't, did come a little late in his career when he was with the Padres, uh, and well, it obviously back in the '90s as well when the Braves were a part of the NLS, oddly enough, um, you know, and that's Greg Maddox, and <laughs> he he obviously Greg Maddox Hall of Famer, one of the greater pitchers of all time. Um, but had pretty damn good numbers against the Giants as well. In uh, 55 starts, he went 31 and 15, had a 2.90 ERA, um, you know, 254 strikeouts, so only 79 walks. You know, Greg Maddox never blew you away um, with with velocity after, you know, the 90s. But um, once he uh, got into the 2000s or late 90s, early 2000s, he became one of the more fine tuning, you know, locate wherever the hell he wanted kind of pitchers. And um, yeah, Greg Maddox, great career against the Giants as well. Yeah, I mean, just the the long game for him. I mean, the guy, the guy pitched forever and he was productive forever. You know, I, I think for a lot of older Giants fans, you, you know, you know, they think of Greg Max and they think of him giving up the grand slam to Will Clark in game one of the and NLCS back in 1989, you know, one of the coolest moments probably in Giants postseason history before they started started winning. But you gotta remember, yeah, Max was a I think that was his rookie year, and he just he got better and better and got got to pitch on all those teams with Glavin and Smoltz and just he just withstood the test of time. And like you said, he never threw a you know above 
you know, 91, 92 ever, even in his prime. Yeah. So um, great numbers from the great Greg Maddox against the Giants. So let's, those are our honorable mentions. Now, now we kind of have a list here. We're going to jump into our top 10. Um, do you want to start off, Robert? Or do you want me to start off with, with our top uh, 10? You start off on this one. Okay. So coming in at number 10 on giant all-time Giants killers. Well, not all-time, but from, from 2000 on, we're going to start off with the Aegis Wonder, <laughs> Raphael Fercal. Um, obviously, Fercal uh, played for you know multiple teams, uh, but spent a good portion of his career uh, with the Dodgers. Um, I, I think he was there for like six seasons. Um, yeah, from 2006 to, to 11 with the Dodgers. And then before that, he was with the Braves. I know he went to the Cards later. But, um, you, you know, a guy like Rafael Fercal, not one of those like superstar names but a guy that just was always a thorn in your side. Uh, if you were a Giants fan, he appeared in 119 games, uh, hit 299 with a 380 on base percentage, um, only six home runs and 41 RBIs. But this is a guy that, you know, was a gap hitter. He had 23 doubles against the Giants um, in 529 plate appearances. Uh, talk about a little bit what you remember from um, Rafael Fercal. That dude was a hit machine, like yeah. 138 hits, you know, against the Giants, 20, 26 steals. And you, you, you got to remember, too, about for a call, you know, he played on some very good Atlanta Braves teams. The, these teams were loaded. They had Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones. Uh, do you remember Marcus Giles? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they, they, they were pretty loaded. Javi Lopez, Javi Lopez. But, you know, before his career went away. Vinny Castilla, towards the end of his, of, of his career, you know, these are some very, very good oh, Gary Sheffield. How did I forget him? Gary Sheffield was on those Braves teams. Yep. And this was this was their, their leadoff guy, and he was always on base. You know, the Giants, you know, and, and if he got on base, it was a run every single time. And this is this is back when the Braves had pitching stats as well, like with Jason Marquis, you know, Greg Maddox, Tom, Tom Glavin. You know, they were really they were a great team. So and you, you didn't have a lot of room for error, you know, back then. And them and the Giants, you know, playing some big games back then, 2001, you know, for, you know, first round, you know, uh, to, or not, not 2001, 2002 for first round, you know, when, when the Giants went to the World Series that year, I mean, for call was always, always on base and just, and just causing problems. And if he got on base, he was scoring. So he was, I mean, for, for steals, dude, 26 yeah. steals against the Giants. Yeah. And for, so from, from our childhood, he was just, he was one of those dudes. And he ended with the Dodgers, you know, later in his career. Wasn't quite as productive with them, but still, it, 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 was, it, was, it was the same story. You know, he yeah. gave the Giants fits every single time. Rafael Fercal, number 10. Number 10. Rob, who's, who's coming in? Number nine. Okay, well, the reason I had you go first was because I really want to talk about this guy. <laughs> go for it, my friend. Number nine is Juan Pierre. Ugh. And, I mean, this is, this is the pure definition of, of a pest. You know, this is like double what... Rafael for a call was one one Pierre. I I mean, this guy one he never got hurt. You know he 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 played like over 158 games a year and played for the Rockies. You know division foe for the Giants, always causing problems at, at Coors Field. But then he went on played for the Marlins in 2003 2004. If you remember correctly, the Giants got knocked out by by by, by the Marlins. Well, 
Correct. Was it both? Was it both those years? Uh, in in 03, uh, oh three for they, sure. Yeah, that was the that was the play at the plate to end the season for the yes. Season. I mean, Juan, Juan Pierre just he he gave them issues and it, it never seemed to matter what uniform he was wearing and ended his his, his career on on the Dodgers. And so I lost. Oh, there it is. Just always games. around. Yeah, always around. 119 games. Hit 296. I mean. He, he, 344 OBP, 374 slugging. He had for no power, but 31 stolen bases and only 34 Ks and 100 or in 445 plate appearances. Insane. It's just insane. Always for, on base. For a, for, a, for a leadoff guy who never, who didn't hit for power or do anything, the, the guy also, he never walked and he never struck out. He was, he, I, I believe he had 65 steals in, two, in 2000. 2004 or no 2003 65 steals and I I, I swear he had at least eight or ten eight or ten of those probably that year against the Giants and he was he a was pass. just a, a, a problem on and on so on so many a lot like for a call on just on loaded teams so yeah. just an issue and a, and a guy that again he he only had 23 walks as well like he he wanted to swing the bat and mm-hmm. but he got on a lot and um, also as well in that, in those 119 games against the giants, eight triples, um, just yeah. a pest, a true pest. So the great Juan Pierre, who, by the way, it was funny when we were looking up this stuff. Um, I can't believe that Juan Pierre is only 44 years old still like right now he's 44. Doesn't it he, seem like he's way older than that? He can still play. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, I haven't seen him in years, but I'm, I'm sure he can come up and still get an infield hit and <laughs> then steal second and third. All right, so number eight, we're going to go for a little more uh, modern, current guy here, and that's Will Myers. Will Myers uh, has come over from the Tampa Bay Rays to the San Diego Padres in the last few years, and my God, it just feels like this guy, um, you know, is always just hitting the ball at the ballpark against the Giants. It feels like he's just had great numbers against them Um, in 107 games against the Giants. 21 home runs, 57 RBIs. Uh, he's hit 252, but a, a respectable 337 on base and a solid 488 slugging. Um, yeah, man, just just pure power problem for the Giants. 20 doubles over the couple years, too. Um, you know, obviously, the Giants and Padres are going to meet up 19 times a year. Yep. So, you know, those numbers will get compiled. But uh, especially, I feel like especially... You know, like there's one thing when they go down to Petco and he produces, but man, he like loves hitting at Oracle Park. Like if if ever Will Myers becomes a free agent or something, like just because of what he can do in San Francisco, like he could be a problem uh, if he played at Oracle Park 81 times a year. Yeah, no, it's funny. Uh, shout out to you know to our boy uh, Trey Roberts who has a, a couple of buddies who who know know Will Myers and yeah. He he told me this a couple of years ago that that Will Myers, he loves the backdrop at Dodger Stadium and AT and T Park more than any other park in in the league, including Petco, including Coors Field. And he he because I I asked him one day I think I think we were, we were doing um, you know DraftKings for, for for baseball this a couple of years ago and yeah the Padres were, were coming out here and Trey said he's like yo bro Will Myers you know no matter what you know and he, and he then he told me why I'm like. 
wow, you know, that makes sense, you know, because he hits like freaking 600 every time, <laughs> seemingly every time he, he plays the Giants. So I'm like, yeah, like, like you said, it's more out here than it is down there in, in San Diego, which, you know, that's, you, you can't really pitch around him, you, you know, in, in that lineup. Usually. Not in that lineup. Yeah, yeah, not in that lineup. So, so yeah, when, when the Giants got guys got to deal with them, it's, it's always been a problem, man. I, I like that. I kind of know now though, like I got, I got a little clarity with that. I'm like, damn. So this is, it's not my, not my head. This is real. He just, he, he can't wait every time he plays the giants. He, he can't wait to, you know, kick, you know, kick our asses. And he doesn't even wear batting gloves. No, he's an old school type of player. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's been a giants killer. So that's why he's number eight on our list. Moving up to number seven. I did Will Myers, right? So you, you take number yeah. seven here. Number seven, this is kind of an easy one. It is the great and future Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Yeah. Todd Helton. And sure, Coors Field, yeah, everybody puts up numbers there. And especially it seems like against the Giants. The Giants never seem to win there. But Todd Helton, he was he was he was special. Yeah, he was he was the easiest one to put put on this list. Um, I'm actually surprised these numbers aren't better. 230 games against the Giants, hit 311, OBP of 418. And a 501 slugging percentage. And Todd Helton, he always hit for power, but he was he didn't blow you away with this power, especially on the road. But obviously against the Giants, it didn't matter where they're playing it. But 29 home runs. This is the whole season worth of stuff right here, it seems like. 29 home runs, 121 RBIs, 143 walks, and 60 freaking doubles. 60 doubles? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, get out of here. I, I don't like I said I don't, I don't care if they're playing in Coors Field, Montreal, you know San Francisco. It it, it doesn't matter. Todd Helton, the Giants just they they, they weren't going to get him out. And fortunately for them, the Rockies were bad a lot of those a lot of those years, and you know they were able to work around that a lot of time, except for when they were down, out out in Coors Field. But Todd Helton, as great as he was against everybody, I mean he just he doubled that against the Giants. So easy to put on this list. Yeah, and I mean. Uh... It, fe- it feels like Todd Helton was around forever, which he was, but you know, 937 plate appearances. Um, that's crazy. Uh, like almost a thousand plate appearances against one team. Um, and you know, yeah, he was just dominant hit for a lot of power and was, was very patient, not afraid to take walks. Yes. Um, yeah. And especially in the middle, he was in the middle of that heart of the lineup uh, for the Rockies for so long. I mean, he got to play with, you know, Larry Walker, he was around for Cargos, you know, mm-hmm. Michael Kadire, uh, yes. Charlie Blackman. Like he got to play with all these uh, great Colorado Rockies that we've seen in the last 20 years uh, or so. And yeah, Todd Helton's right there at the top of that list as like an all time Rocky in general, regardless of even just giant stuff. So yes. the great Todd Helton. Yeah. Number seven. Easy one. The Say Hey Podcast is sponsored by Manteca Bedquarters. Whether you're located in the Bay Area or the Central Valley, head out to Manteca and visit Manteca Bedquarters for great rates on mattresses from Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, and other top brands. Manteca Bedquarters also has bedroom furniture and bedding accessories. Located on the corner of Main and Yosemite in Manteca, visit MantecaBedquarters.com for more details. 
Number six, we're, uh, you know, we're going to stay in the mile high pretty much. Let me get uh, his numbers back up here for me. Sorry, real quick. Um, and that's going to be Mike Hampton. Uh, now, <laughs> this another guy feels like he was around forever, um, you know, pitched for multiple teams, but obviously uh, did a lot of his damage against the Giants when he was um, in Colorado. Uh, Mike Hampton had 30 uh, this is, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong thing here. He uh, appeared in, he had 30 starts, or he appeared in 30 games against the Giants, 24 starts, and he just flat out won, dude. I mean, <laughs> it's not like he was like dominant, but he won. Uh, out of 20 decisions, he went 16 and four. Um, a 3.48 ERA, which is very respectable, especially when you got to assume like probably half of those are in Colorado. Um, a lot of them are. Yeah, and that absolutely factors in. So if you have a 3-4-8 ERA um, and probably half of those starts are coming in Colorado, you did pretty damn well. Um, you know, 94 strikeouts to 64 walks. He did He did walk a lot. But, you know, just a solid guy that, you know, once he was on the mound, he was a Giants killer because most of the time he won. He won three out of every four decisions against the Giants. Yeah, and it's you know, it, it's, it's worth noting, you know, he, he only played in – uh in Colorado for, for, for two years, but I, 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 I swear to God, he got the start every time they faced up and, and he beat him every single time. Yeah. So just not easy to do. And then you, you carry that over into 03 and 04 when he pitched for the Braves, a lot of big games against the giants, you know, a lot, a lot of huge ones. And, you know, both those, you know, his, those two years in Atlanta, you know, he was, he was very good as well. And this is, this is kind of cheating here, but like, if you, if, based on our criteria, but if you go back to like, you know, 1997, 1998, 1999, some good Giants teams in that time too. I mean, he, he, he was dominant in, in, the, in those seasons and especially in 1999, people forget, you know, he went 22 and four in oh. 1999, you know, I mean, absolutely crazy on, on that, on that Houston Astros team. And so he's just, he's been a nemesis of the Giants his, his whole career. And they just, for whatever reason, didn't matter what uniform he was wearing, they couldn't get the better of him. And Mike Hampton could hit. Yes. He was not a bad hitter for a pitcher. Yes. I don't have, I honestly, I don't have it in front of me. I believe it's 2001 because Hampton, well, he was an all star that year in 2001 and he was only 14 and 13, but I believe that was the year he had 11 home runs. Which I is, gotta, I got to double check this because I believe that's what it was. I know he could hit. Uh, I think it was 11 homers in 2001. Yeah, I, I'm not finding it right away, and I don't want to waste time. But yeah, I, I, I know there was a year where he hit double-digit home runs, and it was probably that year. I mean, yeah, he was in his prime then. Yeah, and he, and yeah, he got named to the All Star t- team that year, and that, that 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 had to be the reason. <laughs> so. Yeah, had to be a part of the reason. Big part. Yeah, of the reason. I, I, absolutely. Everybody loves just, a pitcher that can hit it out of the park. Yeah, and just a, a real a real great career for for Mike Hampton, and just he never. The Giants can never figure him out. All right. So we're almost halfway through our list. We're going to move on to number five. And uh, Rob gets this one, of course, but I just want to preface with this. <laughs> you know, this guy, you know, there's a difference between top 10 Giants killers and like my top 10 hated, you know, players of all time. This guy's probably at number five on that list as well. Rob, take it away. Yeah. Number five. This is Big Red down in L.A., Justin Turner. And 
you know what, you don't even really have to talk about stats, you, you know, with, 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 with him because these, these last five, six years, just epic, epic battles against the Dodgers and Justin Turner, whether it, I mean, I, 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 I think about his glove as much as, as I do his, his stick, you know, in the, in these scenarios. I mean, you, you can't hit a ball towards him. He makes every play a lot like another guy who's going to be, who's going to be on this list later. Yeah. And any, any time it's, it's been two, two, one, one, or the, or say the Giants have a one run lead in the late innings. Justin Turner comes up. That fool's, he's getting a hit. It, it don't matter. You, you might as well beat him because he, he's, <laughs> he, he's getting a hit and you're just happy if he keeps it in, in the ballpark in, in those situations. And, and it's just it's it's mind boggling because he he was a he was a Farhan uh, you know kind of project down there in L.A. They got him from the Mets for nothing. The Mets released him, and as soon as he put on that on that Dodger uniform, you know down there with uh, Freeman and Farhan and, and, and those guys, hell, you go Kapler on on that list too. He just he turned into a Giants killing machine, and he just he never let up. And, Imagine having the last like six ish years thinking that David Wright would be better than Justin Turner. Oh my God. I mean, God, right? I mean, this Mets fans, you know, take me to, to the nearest bridge, you know, that's, oh you know, that's, that, that, that's the worst right there. Like you, you nailed it. Dave, you know, because anybody would have done the same thing probably, but seeing yeah. it now and the way he stands over the plate and he, he, he you just can't pitch to him because you're going to, you're going to hit him. Yep. That's why I say you might as well beat him. He stands right on top of the plate. And he hits it to all fields. It doesn't matter. He's just, he's the man. That, and I, I wanted to say that, what you just said about all fields, because his spray chart's got to be, like, That's, pretty balanced. It's wild. You know, he, he did. He had great numbers anyways. He's in it, you know, he's still not done. 129 games against the Giants uh, so far, 483 plate appearances. So almost like a full season. So, th- you know, take that into consideration. Yeah. 292 average, 378 on base with a solid 477 slugging, 14 home runs, 53 RBIs. Here's the one that sticks out to me, though, and this goes back to, like, my spray chart comment. 33 doubles. The guy <laughs> just finds yeah. gaps. It's I, so I, bad. It's so bad. And runs, especially in that L.A. lineup. And, you know, like you said, all but except that one, you know, play to, to nearly end the NLDS this last season um, where he made an error. But other than that, Justin yeah. Turner has been fantastic defensively against the Giants, a true Giants killer, and that's why he's number five on our list. The emotions are coming out now. Like you don't even need to talk about stats anymore. Like th- no. this, this is all at the heart now. Yeah, fuck Justin Turner. <laughs> okay, <him>. so okay. <laughs> so that's number five. Number four on our list. Now this is another guy um, currently still in the game. He's been around for a long time, been on multiple teams, um, but we're gonna go with Zach Greinke. Um, at number four, and I'm trying to pull up his numbers here against the Giants. You know, Granke is just a guy that's just been I, I, the the most one of the most consistent pitchers in baseball through the years. Not going to yeah. kill you with velocity, but man, he's a ground ball machine. Knows how to get out. Uh, so he has appeared in. Here we go. Twenty two. He's got twenty two starts against the Giants. Fourteen and three. So he wins games. <laughs> A 2.37 ERA. Um, and just in those 22 games, he's only given up 14 home runs. He, he hardly ever gives up, you know, the bomb. Except I think la- was it last year or two years ago, he gave up like three in a game to the Giants. 
And but like other than that, with Houston, yeah, yeah, he has not given up much to them. Um, 119 strikeouts, 31 walks. You know, another guy kind of along the lines of Mike Hampton, not going to blow you away, but wins games. Um, Zach Greinke, 14 and three against the Giants all time. I mean, he, he just dealt, and for all, all those years, man, all those those big years. I mean, Giants win the World Series years, you know, t- you know, 10, 12, 14. Him and Clayton Kershaw, you know, you know, down there, just the the ultimate one 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 two punch, and yeah. and not not only do they just kick ass against everybody. I mean, they're, they're all star pitchers. I mean, they just they they, they doubled. And, I mean, hell, tripled it against the Giants, especially Grinky. You, you know, like you know, we could, we'll get to Kershaw, trust me. But 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 Grinky, you he was always the game after Kershaw, and you would think, okay, they're getting a little bit, hopefully a little bit of a let up here. No, never. Yeah. Grinky never let up. They were a package. And he had he always had that he had the crazy look on his face. He was so focused, and and he could hit too. He, he always he you know he always. He was a tough out at the plate as well. It just it didn't matter what was going on, what, what the situation was. And then when he leaves the Dodgers, he goes to Arizona. He yeah, stays in the right. damn division. Thanks. Why? Yeah, thanks a lot. And <laughs> and in Arizona, he, he kept it up there as well. He was Arizona's only gun there for a while. And it was like, and every time the Giants faced Arizona, there he was. It, it didn't matter. Oh, Zach Granke, get out of here. Zach Granke. So now we're going to get to the top three, and I feel like, you know, for most Giants fans, like these three are going to be obvious. It's just the the order of what we put them in, um, you know. So number three, Rob, take it away. Number three, yeah, and this really sucks too because he's one of my favorite players, Paul Goldschmidt. Yes, Paul Goldschmidt, just for the simple fact that he absolutely destroyed not just not the Giants, but in particular. Our boy Tim Lincecum. Mm. I mean, it was change the channel. If if you're you're kicking back, especially in 08 and 09 of those years when the Giants weren't any good, Paul Goldschmidt came up. You were changing the channel, especially if you if it was going going up against Timmy, because it was just going to kill your mojo. You knew what was coming. That ball was going halfway up the seats there there at 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 and T, and God, like just the, the nightmares is like. Just walk him. Just walk him. Please, just walk him. No, Timmy would walk nobody. He was challenging him every time, and I, I, I don't, I don't have his numbers in particular against Tim, against oh. Tim, against Tim Lincecum. I don't have that. But oh my gosh, imagine what Tim Lincecum's career numbers would be if Paul Goldschmidt never showed up, or was in a different division, or was and, in different, and saw or, him a lot less. Oh, I mean, good God! Yeah. I mean, it was, it was the most consistent thing. It, it was like the sun coming up. You know, you, you just knew. Yep. Paul Goldschmidt, 104. Now, again, he's he's with St. Louis now, but a lot of this damage done uh, in his years in Arizona. He's 34 now, so he's 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 starting to get up there. But uh, 147 games, 628 plate appearances. So you can just say, like, that's a season. That's actually, like, a pretty full season uh, for a Major League Baseball player. 293 average, 406 on base. A 528 slugging percentage and a 934 OPS. Very, very good numbers. 26 home runs, 97 RBIs. He also has, don't forget, I know he's a big guy, 14 stolen bags against the Giants as well. Um, and 33 doubles. And a lot, yeah, a lot of these, uh, and he was consistent throughout nine innings against you. He could hurt you early in the game, middle of the game, late in the game. 
Paul Goldschmidt, absolutely. And, and, and again, as well, um, along with his bat, like he's a pretty damn good glove too over at mm-hmm. first base. I know he has four gold gloves, um, but he special all around player, Paul Goldschmidt, absolutely towards the top of this list. Yeah. He, you know what? I mean, just side note, he, you know, he's one of the main reasons why Brandon Bell doesn't have any gold gloves. He's, he is the reason. Yeah, he is. He is the reason, you know, and, but yeah, I mean, just the, the ultimate, the bug in Tim Winscombe's punch was Paul Goldschmidt. And <laughs> I mean, just, it, it kills you every time. It just, it, it killed me every single time. So obviously, like, if you're noticing the trend, of course, a lot of these guys have NLS ties. Um, so they got to see, you know, the Giants uh, more than, you know, your average guy. But, um, okay, let's move on to number two. And uh, this, this guy, you know, you think of Paul Goldschmidt, and then I, I feel like this guy hurt us, like, even a lot more. And that's Nolan Arenado. And now, of course, like this guy is in St. Louis as well um, with Goldschmidt. But, you know, Nolan Arenado, not only at the plate, but could he's, he, go, he could go down as, you know, maybe the best third baseman of this generation defensively. Um, he's just been a freaking stud over at third, you know, in the last, uh, you know, seven, eight years, especially. Uh, but man. Uh, you know, 138 games, six again. This is like a full season again. He's almost at almost close amount of plate appearances as Goldschmidt. 604 plate appearances, 290 average, 351 on base, a 549 slugging, 32 home runs, 108 RBIs, just a machine driving in runs, 40 doubles. Um, yeah, man. I mean, Nolan Arenado is when I think of bats in this. That's why he is our top bat um, as a Giants killer. Uh, Nolan Arenado is just a pest. And, and I know I can combine this with Goldie. I'll, I'll let you go in a sec. Like, how happy were we when uh, they both left the division? Oh, I was ecstatic. And it was like it was like Christmas. But then, of course, he ends up going to freaking St. Louis. And it's like, well, shit. They do play the Cardinals six times. And yeah. goddamn, there they are hitting two, three in, in, in that lineup. So yeah, you pretty much go into all, all those games now, and you just check them off as losses. And if they if they win one out of, out of three in the series, you're, you're happy they didn't get swept. But the reason the reason Arenado to to me, you know, made it over Goldschmidt was because it didn't it it doesn't matter who's pitching for the Giants; it could be anybody. It don't it don't matter because yeah, Goldschmidt and Linscombe that was that was the big one, and that hurt us all because we all love Timmy. This one. It don't matter what you look like, you know, what color you are, how you talk, you know, what you got. You you, you throw hard, you throw soft. He steps into AT&T, especially, especially AT&T. He's getting his against the Giants. Just forget it. Forget it. Kind of like Turner. You you, you might as well throw at him because you're not getting him out. Yeah. You know, it's just. And also, he's the best third baseman in baseball, too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. (laughs) You know, the effect of. You're combining what he did to you at the plate. Plus, he has robbed so many doubles down the line oh. at third base. <laughs> and and he's just his glove is incredible. His arm is incredible. Nolan Arenado. And by the way, his 32 home runs against the Giants, the most against any opponent that yeah. he's ever faced. And, uh, you know, so. Of Why course. they couldn't give up everything they had to get him for Colorado, I'll never understand. For, for, he, for what Colorado, you know, yeah. got in return from St. Louis? Oh, mm-hmm nothing yep totally agree thanks 
So uh, just a quick recap before we get to number one. And if you don't know who number one is by now, well, wake up. Uh, number 10, Raphael for call. Number nine, Juan Pierre. Eight, Will Myers. Seven, Todd Helton. Six, Mike Hampton. Five, Justin Turner. Four, Zach Granke. Three, Paul Goldschmidt. Two, Nolan Arenado. Say hey, Rob. Number one Giants killer in the last 22 years. Yeah, you know, it's got to be uh... – the old lefty down there in LA, Alex Wood. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's no, it's it, it's it's Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, for for sure. Like no no doubt about it. Uh, gosh, I mean, other than Buster Posey and Joaquin Arias, I don't know if anybody ever got a, has gotten a hit off Clayton Kershaw. I I know I'm I'm, I'm kidding, but I, I mean. And this goes back a long way. Uh, Kershaw, I believe, came into the league in two thousand eight. I believe, yeah, yeah, the same around the same time Timmy did. Yeah, same same draft, same 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 everything. But I mean, just just from the get go, the Giants have never been able to handle him, no matter how, how many times they see him. And and that's the thing, you know, about about Kershaw that always got me because as a hitter, you learn so much about a pitcher the more you see him. And you know, pitchers are you know they're they're creatures that they're creatures of, of habit. You know, they do everything the same way for the most part when it's their, their day to pitch. And so there, there's no secrets with, with Clayton Kershaw after all these years. There are no secrets between him and the Giants, and it just doesn't matter. You know, you, you got just pure filth and pure dominance every single time. And I believe it was twenty was it 2011? I think that was the year that. that because I'll never, I'll, I'll never forget what he did on opening day. Threw a shutout and hit a home run. Dodgers win one nothing, and I believe that was 2011. I could be wrong on that one, but yeah, it, it, it that that was him though. You know, and, and to preface, you know, his his home run. Yeah, he could hit. You know, he he could always hit. And out, you know what? I, I, I talked about Posey and Arias being the guys who can hit him. I mean, Mass and Bumgarner could, could hit him too, but you know he only played every once in a while. Brett, Pill. so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. Brett, yeah, Brett, Brett Pill, Pill, you made it onto the Say Hey podcast. Congratulations! It's funny too because I was I was at that game, you know, d- d- down in LA in 2011 when Brett Pill took him yard. That was yeah. a, that was actually a special moment. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Clay Kershaw. I mean, talk about withstanding the test of time against a, a, a single team. It's I know you, you got st- the stats in front of you. I'll let you take those away, but just absolutely ridiculous. And it's really I can't even comprehend it. You know, yeah, I, I, I'll get to his numbers in a second, but I'm sure you can agree with me on this. From 2008 to like 2011, before Timmy started to fade, um, you know, there was no better pitching matchup. Uh, and it seemed like they matched up all the time because they were the team's, uh, you know, respectable aces. You know, when when Tim Lincecum was going up against Clayton Kershaw, you watched. Yeah, and you didn't like, miss it. It's like they won every other start. It was really back and forth. It was awesome. It was great baseball, especially, you know, when we're in a time of baseball in the late 2000s, early 10s, where, you know, we're kind of getting uh, off of the steroid era and whatever. That's a whole other conversation. But, you know, where where pitching matchups like really mattered and kind of became baseball, um, those those two, when they battled and dueled, it was awesome. And I remember there was a Sports Illustrated article where they were both on the cover 
And um, they had an article that like talked about all their starts head to head, you know, at the time. Um, and that was probably, that's probably one of my all time favorite sports illustrated articles, but so Clayton Kershaw, 50 starts against the giants, 24 and 14, really good, really good numbers. Um, you know, in the win loss column, but again, you know, pitchers don't always have that effect on that. Um, a 1.88 ERA ridiculous, but, but that's not even the craziest thing to me. That's not even the craziest thing to me. So he's, he's been in three, he's pitched 358 and two thirds against the giants. I mean, just a massive amount of innings. Um, pretty sure it's the most against any opponent. Yeah. So here's, here's the two things that stick out to me, strikeouts and walks. So in those 358 and two thirds drop 366 strikeouts. I wonder how many on the curve or a, you know, a 96 mile an hour fastball getting chased, chased up. But the 366 Ks, guess how many walks he's had? God. 56. Oh, my God. 366 to 56. So it's not like this guy's, like, fooling you and you're looking stupid. He is attacking the strike zone like he always does. I mean, Clayton Kershaw, he's – he, you know, I I talk about Nolan Arenado being, you know, the best third baseman probably in the game in the last 20 years. You know, you look at the past 2020-ish years or whatever – Clayton Kershaw is the pitcher of this generation. And as much as we hate saying that it's true. Yeah. And it, it really, it, it, it didn't matter. Like it didn't matter what the scenario was, you know, I mean, cause, cause like you said, you know, the 08, 08, 09, those years in particular with, with, with Timmy around the giants weren't any good. Like they were, there were some yeah. bad giant teams, yeah. you know, that, that year, but then in 10, 11, 12, 13, those are some pretty damn good Giants teams. It, it didn't matter, you know, like whether they're good or they sucked, Kershaw was was going to shove against them. And I, I don't know how many times we we sat there watching the game and just screaming at the screen saying, stop swinging at the curveball. He never throws it for a strike. So yeah. lay off the curveball. Like, bro, they've, they've faced him. They've all faced him a thousand times. You don't think they know that? You know, it just it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, he his shit was just so so filthy, and he just you know he put it wherever he wants to against against the Giants, and like yeah, I mean the the funny part was I keep, I keep bringing him up, but yeah, Joaquin Arias outside of Buster Posey, yeah. he had the secret sauce against against Clayton Kershaw, and I swear to God, Doug, that kept him on the roster for three years. It it gave, it gave him a roster spot. Yeah, because you know he was playing every time they're facing Kershaw. Yes, he was a good again. And walking areas, I hope you're listening, buddy. Yeah, you were a great late game defensive replacement. You beat out that ground ball in Cincinnati to extend extend the series, where and they eventually won the tough, whole thing. Tough play to seal, uh, you know, Kane's perfect yeah, game. Kane's perfect game. Yeah, but other than that, man, you were on that roster to hit Clayton Kershaw, and that was 100%. it, bud. Hundred percent. That was it. And thank God because you know they did squeak out a. They didn't squeak out a couple wins against Kershaw, but it was always late ending games where it was one to one, and or they they would hit Jansen late or Broxton or whatever the hell they had back 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 at the time. But yeah, just every time you just you could chalk the, the Giants down like if you're doing prop bets under for runs at night, you know, <laughs> Absolutely. under under three, the Giants were not scoring more than three against Kershaw no matter what. You know, before we wrap, I'm just looking at his opponent numbers: twenty four wins against the Giants. 22 wins against the Padres, 24 wins against the Rockies, 18 wins against the Diamondbacks, 
dominated, dominated the NL West. Yeah. So, and, I mean, he, yeah. so yeah, well, there, there you go. He's not picking on the Giants. It's just, he's God, just he's, really freaking he's good. He's just that damn good. And, and Doug, we should, we should mention this, you know, because there, there is a, probably to a lot of people, a glaring o- omission on that list. And that's Max Muncie. And w- we talked about it and, we kind of went with the test of time with all, with all these players. We understand that Max Muncy has like 9,000 home runs against the giants in the last two years, but yeah, that we didn't forget about him. I just want everybody to know that we didn't forget, but this is more of a long-term, like, like a lifetime achievement type, type thing. In in two years, if Max Muncy does half the production he's against against the giants the last couple of years, he'll be on this list. He just needs yeah. a little more of a resume, you know, he'll, and he'll probably be top five. So he probably will be. Yeah, yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll kick out Granky for him. Granky, yep. <laughs> hey, so hey, man, that was a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to this. It's been it's been literally a month since we recorded, but don't worry. I know baseball. There's not much going on at all right now, but um, we're not going to take a long break again. We'll record this next week. But yes. again, this is Saturday, January 22nd. Um, we'll have this out on Monday the 24th. So um, that was a lot of fun, Rob. Uh, thanks yeah. for uh, coming back on, of course, and uh, we'll we'll do something this next week. And uh, enjoy those football games this weekend. Give me yep, fun. Packers suck. <laughs> All right. So for say hey, Rob, this is say hey, Doug. Go Giants. Go Giants. When the Giants come to town, it's bye bye, baby. Every time the chips are down, it's bye bye, baby. For the ones who work hard, to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.